Austin College returns from Brown, Spin Law leaves Austin, and we have plans for the high school season on today's TX Water Polo Show. Hey, it's the TX Water Polo Podcast. James Smith here in Austin, Joe Linhan in North Texas. Hi, Joe. Hey, James. How are you? What do you want to talk about today? Has anything been going on? Yeah, we had a little Spin Law tournament this past weekend. I know. We've been talking about it for months now, so it's finally over. Yeah, I mean, it went well. We had a, like, yeah, again, we had twenty men's teams and ten and ten women's teams, and not a and not a big surprise. Uh, Nyack won both men and women. Right. It was a great game in the in the men's final against uh, Olympic Club. Yeah. Actually, Olympic Club was winning seven four in the second half, and Nyack came back and won nine seven. So. I did not know that. Yeah. That's a comeback. Yeah, and yeah, and there were a, a lot of great games, you know, throughout the weekend. Um, on on the women's side, uh, like the Dallas women did a great job, and and they got second place, and they yeah. beat the Olympic Club and the LA Athletic Club. That's great. great. Yeah, and then um, Hops and Hops made it into the top eight on the men's side, and then of course, yeah, like. All the Texas teams did get get it well, but there were a lot of teams from kind of outside of the state as well that came and played. So everybody loves coming to Austin, and it it was a great tournament. Um, An interesting note, the Dallas men's team had three shootouts. Oh, I did notice that. I saw that, yeah. Three shootouts. So um, three of their four games were shootouts. The one other game, they beat Hops, but... Um, it was overall, it, it was a great tournament. I think everybody uh, loves coming back kind of, kind of year after year. So a great job to Tom Andrew and his group down there that kind of put on a great tournament. So, um, and I look forward to seeing it uh, again next year. Then we got uh, lots of other stuff going on in February. Uh, I think you're coming to this upcoming Cowtown rodeo, oh, yeah. correct? which is up in Keller being, yeah, being hosted yeah, by Cowtown. And then we got the ODP. Uh, training next weekend and the ODP men's uh, national championship at the at the end of the month. The women's are in in the middle of March, and then uh, the Thunder Spring invite at the end of at the end of February as well. So lots I'm, of coming up to Dallas. So. I'm 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 having yeah I'm having a sort of Joe like travel agenda. So I'm coming up for games on our first game for Aquatex is not until three o'clock and on Saturday, driving up there um, to Keller, then driving home obviously on Sunday. And my daughter's swimming at SPA Championships, the swim championships up in at Louisville of all places. That's Wednesday, Thursday, and then we have ODP training at the at the exact same pool on Sunday morning. So I'll be up on Saturday. So um, I'm establishing my Dallas at cred. So you're getting some. Uh, that's a lot of driving. Yeah, Back good times, forth. right? So, yeah, yeah hey, I've been there, done that. Well, that's what so. I'm saying. It's like I don't actually have to – I don't suffer from that too much. And being in Austin, it's central. So getting to Houston is two and a half hours and getting to um, – Louisville is maybe like three and a half hours, something like that. So for from the perspective of a Texan, it's not that big a deal. And then you got the ODP training. So, I mean, just kind of explain to everybody what's that about. So, like, like you get everybody ready to kind of – yeah, to kind of get ready for the ODP National Championships? Yeah, so the boys team, which I'm the head coach of, has three different age groups. And so each of the three age groups will be coached by their zone head coach or sorry, by their uh, age group head coach on Sunday. And it's really just a single practice, about five hours of time to get prepared for our national championship trip at the end of, of uh, February. And so um, I'm actually drawing up 
practice plans for myself right now, it's going to include a lot of front court. It's going to include a lot of six on five. It's going to include the new rules, although our guys know them pretty well from Utah. Um, but yeah, it's a chance for us to all get together as a single team, train together. If we need to interact with one another by age group, we do that as well. But um, I've always found that to be extremely useful before we actually hit the ground in California. Yeah, and, and then the California trips in uh, in Riverside, right? Riverside, back to Riverside. Yeah, it's uh. What? Do you not like Riverside, James? Come on. I don't like Riverside. Actually, my grandfather is from Riverside. My mom never ceases to to remind me about that, about how beautiful it was, which it was. It was full of orange groves and all that kind of stuff. But now, it's full of other stuff. So um, yeah, it's full of strip malls, and it's hard to get to. Especially if you fly into LAX or Orange County. So. I refuse. I absolutely refuse. I'm, I, my my agenda is to Ontario, and which is the correct way to go. It's really 20 minutes, I think. Sure. And before, um, if there's any Riverside people listening to me, Riverside has areas that are very lovely still. Um, I'm just, but there is a comical element of uh, sort of <laughs> that side of California that not not a lot of people know about. And I won't go into detail. And then um, you just mentioned kind of teaching the kids the new rules. That was that was an interesting thing about this past week and at the Spin Log Classic. We had a whole lot of Masters athletes that had not played with the new rules yet. Oh, yeah. I'll bet they were pleased. And they are fairly opinionated. They think they're <laughs> right anyway. Yeah. But uh, the biggest thing that people just did not quite grasp that I would say over the weekend was the little bit quicker penalty shot call inside of six meters. Oh, yeah. And that was the biggest thing. Yeah, like everyone's like, well, their hands were up. They were holding the ball. They were yelling to the referee. Like, yes, this is the new rules. Those aren't the rules anymore. So, and um, and that was the biggest thing. A lot of people were struggling to put the ball in play, but also we had some new, like we had the referees that were kind of new. So it was, they were kind of letting it go like, like a little bit. But um, overall it was, I mean, like the new rules I think are, are a very positive step kind of moving forward. Um, it's going to be, it's the main, yeah, the major thing is, you know, outside of six, if as soon as you get live, the defense has to come get you. So the defense can't just sit back in a drop or a zone right. or, or, or yeah, what have yeah. you. So it's going to open up center a, a little bit. And, and also probably there, it's going to open up the, like in the middle of, of the pool, as far as the space to go and uh, uh, provide a lot more motion. And yeah, and movement. So, um, it's 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 a lot of fun. So, unfortunately, we are going back to uh, the old rules for high school season. Oh, I know. But um, the like, but but the hope is the hope is, and this is the word on the street that the high school group and then uh, quickly followed by the NCAA are are going to adopt the new FINA rules. And if that's the case, and if that happens here in the next yeah year or so. Um, that'll be the first time in a very long time that we have one set of water pole rules in this country, which would be great. They might not be exactly the same, but I understand what you're saying. I mean, this is, this has happened historically, you know, they stopped using three fouls in the hole and that kind of stuff. And, and so, uh, I can't remember who led whom in that occasion, whether it was the Americans who led FINA or the other way around, but they, it takes a while to synchronize these rules. Although the interim period is a, can be a huge pain in the butt. Yeah. But, um, 
Yeah, but that's okay. I mean, it's great. Just, yeah, just the refs have to be reminded. The players have to be reminded, hey, you're not playing those rules. So, and it's just, and the smarter team, the smarter people are going to, are, are going to, are going to figure it out. So yeah. I've done right. some refereeing on both sides. And actually what's funny is I refereed some masters on Saturday at our, not this last one, but um, a couple of Saturdays ago. And, and I said, look, I'm, I'm going to be co- uh, refereeing as best as I can, these new rules. And that was the exact same complaint as like the, that uh, penalty shot thing inside the box, which makes refereeing a lot easier. But uh, for those who are accustomed to being able to hack without, uh, you know, getting drawing the or maybe just drawing an exclusion ex- instead of a, a a penalty, they were a little bit miffed. Yeah, well, that's just uh, the Masters players are going to be miffed no matter what. Yep. No so, kid. There you go. You know but who actually, learned it quickly? Was, but, At, you, you saw it in Utah. Those kids learned quickly. Like they figured it out. Well, I think they were also the referees were instructed to call at the extreme a little bit. Yeah, so it was, I think that's right. So they would. Now, I would have to admit this past weekend, there was there was the occasional upset player, but I've been to Masters tournaments all over the place. This past weekend, the referees did a great job as far as as far as making sure that everybody was under control. There wasn't any heated exchanges. And uh, was it? It was a. It was a. It was a great environment. It was a laid-back environment, and the athletes had a good time. The uh, the refs had a good time. I think it was a great environment, especially if you consider the new, the other quote-unquote, the play, the new rules, because that could have gone easily the other way. I think. Uh, I think you even mentioned to me off the air about how it's funny because Nyack plays O Club on the men's side in the final, and the ones who are complaining the least about the refereeing are those two teams because they're just accustomed to to I don't know having to alter their their the way their style of play. Or or some of them may have already played for the last like the year and a half that the, yeah. that, that the new rules have been used a little bit out there for on the international scene. But then uh, I know Austin College played this past weekend. With yeah. the old rules. So well, let's co- let's come back and talk about that because uh, first we have an interview with Mark Lawrence and then we have a few other things to wrap up with. Uh, but uh, we'll return shortly with Coach Mark Lawrence. In many podcasts, this time would be filled with ads for electric toothbrushes or recruiting services. Not here. Instead, we're asking you to show your support for TX Water Polo by donating to it. Go to txwaterpolo.com slash donate and help us continue covering the sport we love in the Lone Star State. Hey, this is Jesse Smith, recent Pan Am gold medalist. I was just checking out Texas Water Polo from the TX Water Polo podcast. Also, you can check out the website. You can follow me at GoSmith now. Thanks, guys. Never ever make you cry. Five games in three days, uh, a busy schedule over the weekend, and maybe the most challenging uh, games of the entire season for the Austin College women and their coach, Mark Lawrence, is on Skype with us. How are you, Mark? Good, James. Thank you. Good, good. So um, let's go. So you you emerged without a win, and um, that was not entirely unexpected. You're playing two division, three division one schools, and well, a new one too from Long Island that actually has some talent. Um, but let's go one by one because you actually put a little scare in Brown in the first game. You fell 14 to six, but maybe some of the best water polo we played all weekend was in that game. Yeah, absolutely. Um... You know, we we had a really challenging weekend with the teams that we played. You know, like you mentioned, we played uh, four Division ones and then the number two Division three team, which is yep. essentially a Division one program. Uh, so, uh, you know, we started out pretty really well. Uh, our first game against Brown, you know, first half, um, 
was a 6-3 halftime score. And, uh, you know, we thought we did a really good job. They jumped on us 2-0 um, pretty quickly. And then our goalie came up with some really great blocks and we got some momentum and we were able to get some goals on the board. Um, you know, just so early in the season, playing against a team that's so deep, they just kind of, in the second half, they just they just wore us out and pulled away a little bit in the yeah, fourth quarter to make it look um, to make it look a little larger than than what the score was. But uh, you know, over the weekend, Brown played six games and we <laughs> scored the second most amount of goals against them all weekend. So nice. there's definitely some uh, things to be happy about there. Very. Um, and you mentioned your goalkeeper. I'm gonna. I actually speak a little Russian, but her last name. Wow. It's a Valerie Piachonkina. How do, how do you say it? Uh, Pia Chunkina. Pia Chunkina. Yeah, so she she actually had a good weekend. Um, and she, uh, in yeah, that, did a great weekend. In that in that game in particular, I I remember some standout uh, saves. Um, the next game was Claremont Mud Scripps. You you mentioned they're the um, t- second ranked Division three school in the country and a, a very good team. Like I, I watched that game and they were impressive. Um, so what did you take away from that one? Yeah. Well, that was a great game to see what we need to build into as a program. You know, they're a program that's very uh, upperclassmen heavy. Um, they are they were probably the, the third best team we played the entire weekend. Um, they played really well with Brown and Bucknell throughout the weekend also. And um, they were just really talented, really fast, really physical, uh, really experienced. So that game for us was great. Um, we played them on a short rest. We had about an hour. Oh, I saw uh, that. Yeah. In between games. So. That didn't. That obviously didn't really help us out at all. But they're a team we expect to be at the D3 Final Four Nationals, and a team that we expect to compete with at that point in this in the season, um, if we're fortunate enough to make it there. So right. it was great to see um, where they are now and um, the distance that we have to close versus these, uh, you know, top Division three programs. Yeah. So. That is educational. I mean, it's hard. It's unless you play them, it's hard to see exactly where any gaps might exist between your program and another Division three school. Yeah. Um, and since we're in the state of Texas, there's nobody else in the state to, to, to play against. So, yeah, this is a great opportunity to learn where you stand. That's a good point. Yeah, absolutely. So it gives us a good point to see where we are and where we have to be. So next is a, a game against Siena. I've, I'm fairly certain that you're a bit disappointed by that outcome. Although I like to call that game the Lexi Wong game. She scored seven goals. Um, she's, in my mind, by far the, the your your most talented shooter. Um, and but it just looked a little bit like at the end you sort of ran out a little bit of gas. Um, yeah, I think we just made a lot of mental errors. Like mm-hmm. that, that was a game that's really disappointing. Um, you know an opportunity to, to beat a division one program, um, for us, you know, hopefully trying to get that first division one victory in our program history. And, um, that was the, I mean, it was a game we expected to win even now after losing a close game, we feel very confident that we are the more talented team, but, um, with all just being freshmen and sophomores, we just made so many, so many errors, you know, um, an offensive foul here turning into a counterattack or, missing uh hitting the post on a on an open shot or you know making a bad pass on a six on five just a you know a handful of two goal swings that really killed us um but we also used that game to go really deep in our bench so yes i would say in that game all team all 14 of our field players played almost equal time so um so we also kind of have a balance between uh errors with uh really young players playing their first collegiate weekend and um you know, things of, of, of that nature. So, uh, you know, we feel confident that we are definitely the more talented team. I mean, we scored 
13 goals on, I think, 15 shots, whatever mm-hmm. it was. Um, yeah. So we're there are things we're really happy about. Um, but we uh, we're disappointed that we didn't win the game, but we felt like we lost it versus gotten beat. You know. Yeah. So with that with that thought process, you know, there's a lot to watch there and get better from. And they've been training since September, and we were since Sunday. So <laughs> I think there's. Uh, <laughs> A little that goes in there, so maybe they're more upset than we are. I'm not sure. So. <laughs> yeah, that was so, the, and that is a point to be made is that uh, you basically had three, four, or five practices up until this tournament. So this tournament almost served as a training weekend, yeah. um, and it was quite evident. It's something I probably should have mentioned earlier that you were playing everyone, which is admirable. And so For you sure. have some some of the younger players who are, I mean, you're you're putting younger players in against Division One schools. It's got to be. It, it has to be a little intimidating. It has to be a little bit exciting and all that thing and all that. But, uh, you know, there's still young players. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we don't really see ourselves um, in like any different from a, uh, a Division One program because like the amount of talent that we have is is great. You know, um, so we don't look at the D1 program and think that there are any 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 different or, or, or better. You know, I think uh, most people that know the sport really well know that the top Division three and, uh, and uh, Division two programs are are better than a lot of the lower end oh, yes. programs. So um, I think that's something we're learning in Texas, but uh, across the country, that's pretty well known. And uh, so for us, you know, for these girls that were really young, throwing them in the game and getting them the experience against anyone is like, crucial. You know, uh, a part of our strength for our program is our depth when we get into conference play. Yeah. So we want to make sure that all of our women one through 14 are ready to play and ready to play with, with some confidence, you know? So again, an important point, cause the, we'll, we'll go over very briefly the upcoming schedule. Um, first, yeah. a little mention of Bucknell. Now you scored eight on Bucknell lost 13 to yeah. eight, which is impressive because Bucknell's defense is just stifling. Phenomenal. Yeah. They have a, they have arguably one of the best coaches in the country for half court defense and for goalies. Um, you know, he's a, he's on our men's, national team, team staffs and uh their half court defense was was phenomenal and what was great is that you know they pulled away a little bit um they attacked and are essentially let's say they they uh found success against our depth in the second quarter and then uh we went with a 10 player player rotation in the second right. half and i want to say the second half we all scored in like six to two so we were able to uh get some momentum and make some really great plays and some of the both and some of the best uh, individual moments that we had um, throughout the weekend actually happened in that second half. And, you know, something that we're really excited about. So, the, you know, between them and Brown, the score 14 goals combined against two programs that are known for defense uh, was something that we're, we're really excited about. So, yeah, that's a great takeaway because it's just, yeah. as you said, I mean, those are essentially two of the strongest teams in the entire field. And obviously Brown has the home advantage as well. And uh, the fact that you're able to score that many on, on them is a, a testament to your sort of fortuit or your fortitude. You just kept coming back for more and more and more. But then the last game against the total mystery team, like who knew who was going to be on this Long Island University team? Well, they were pretty good. And uh, yeah. a 12 to 4 result. It was your last game of the day. I'm sure you were heading, you know, mentally heading to the airport at the at the final buzzer. What was uh, what was your takeaway about that brand new team? Uh, well, their team specifically uh, we, was very talented. Uh, they have a handful of foreign players and uh, they're very physical and very talented. And, um, you know, it was kind of like the Siena game where we felt we were equally talented. 
you know, this was the one game that we, we wish uh, we could just replay just simply because we just didn't play well. Um, mm. Just, you know, not trying to mask anything or, or give a political answer, but like we just, this was the one game where uh, we just liked intensity and focus and we didn't really play as a team. And, you know, kind of got stuck in this mental, mental, physical quicksand where we would make an error and we would just press and try, try too hard on the next play and make another error. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's just one of these games where it just um, nothing really seemed to uh, work out or go well. Although we felt that we were pretty, e- pretty equally matched. Um, and, uh, you know, be a game we'll look back and just be a huge learning opportunity about how to prep for a game beforehand, uh, warm up all, all, uh, every little component, you know, so. Yeah. And, and I mentioned, uh, your goalkeeper, I'm just going to call her Valerie and, uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's the best. And then, and Lexi, of course she, Lexi Wong had a a very good weekend as far as I can see. Is there anybody else who you might want to mention who stood out to you, especially some of your newer players or the new players? Yeah. Well, you know, going back to like, you know, our depth this year is going to be such a strong key for us. And I was, I was, I was really happy with how our freshman class played. Um, you know, I talked about with some of our sophomores in the office just the other day. It's like for our, our sophomores last year, their first introduction to collegiate warfare was our conference games. Right. And we have some really, really good teams in our conference and some great coaches. Um, the freshmen this year, their introduction to collegiate warfare was uh, Brown and Bucknell. You know, so it was a little bit, <laughs> it was a little bit different. Uh, and they did really well. Like I was really, I was, I was really happy, really proud. Um, you know, two of our Dallas freshmen, Kate Askew and Catherine Cox. You know, at times where um, played well on offense and then struggled on offense, but throughout the entire weekend they played great defense and they really pushed the counterattack and they understood spacing and uh, how to protect the ball where the ball needed to go. So those were two areas where like those two freshmen looked really great. Our freshman Matt Jacks did a great job on offense and you know scored the our team's first goal of the entire season against Brown. Um, so there are some definitely moments where our our our, our freshmen played really well and uh, we're really excited about that. And I mean, overall, I mean, you know, Valerie stood out as having a great weekend. She had yeah. 31 blocks on the, on the weekend, which, um, you know, I think we might be selling her short of a couple blocks on our stat sheets, but she, she did really well. Um, she bailed us out a lot throughout the weekend and killed momentum for their teams throughout the weekend. And, you know, we look at the programs we played against with Brown, Bucknell, um, CMS, et cetera. And I think, you know, if you compare it to the goalies on the other teams, she was probably the second or third strongest goalie out of those six programs. Mm-hmm. So um, she did really well. And uh, we did her no favors at times, and she bailed us out. And uh, other times, um, the field players did great, and, you know, Valerie did her job, and it was uh, something that we were definitely built off of. So You might not have noticed it, but she actually, I think, elicited some of the most interesting commentary from the from the guys that were oh, doing play-by-play yeah, we were. play because <laughs> they were just co- completely expecting, let's say, on a breakaway that, that you know, it was going to be a goal, and then she would stuff them every once in a while. It was, it was really good. Yeah, yeah I, I honestly think she probably averaged one or two uh, fast break blocks uh, throughout the weekend for each right. game. So. Yeah, you got to go watch those games, Mark. (laughs) You got to go watch the. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's good fun. I think a couple Brown players were actually in on that, so uh, they have a future in broadcasting. Certainly more than I do, that's for sure. Um, You have. uh, 
you you have a, a break. You're not going anywhere until the 28th where you're headed to Cal Lutheran and then you play Monterey Bay, Sonoma, East Bay, and Fresno Pacific. Another another challenging weekend. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and we, and we look at that weekend. It's, uh, you know, we have to wait and see and do a little scouting. But just at this point of the year, it looks like two of the, two of the programs are probably at the same level, uh, similar to like a Brown and Bucknell. And then the other two are probably similar to like uh, – you know, maybe some of the mid-range games we saw last weekend. So it's going to be a, a, another great weekend of very tough games. And um, But that was our goal. Like, we want to play, you know, our season is all about winning our conference and everything outside of our conference is about getting better. So right. we, really want, we really want to challenge ourselves. Um, you know, I'm not really a coach that worries about record, um, especially for non-conference. So, you know, we're, we're, our goal is to come home you know, with like a two and two record, like it was it with Brown, um, if not better. And just, but overall just play really great Warpo and get better. And these games are, are, are so valuable, you know, to that experience level. So, cause the one thing our women don't have that, you know, in a traditional situation, freshmen can come in and develop and train under seniors and juniors and lean on them for guidance and experience and learn from their errors in practice or in games. Right. Um, you know, we don't have that. So we, uh, we, our oldest, our oldest player is a sophomore. So, so right. we, uh, yeah, yeah. so we have to use, um, trying to play a really high level schedule, um, to get that experience, you know, and to make up for that. So we're really excited about the trip, um, four really hard games, but, um, you know, I don't think our players would be here if we didn't play a really hard non, non, uh, conference schedule yeah so. it wouldn't be any fun and here's what follows yeah. as you're saying it's like the 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 idea is at least from my understanding is to get yourself challenged and, and against some of these very very good teams and not to say that the rest of them are not good but they're in your conference monmouth McAllister, Wittenberg, yeah. carthage you know vmi is coming to town which is going to be great caltech McAllister again so th- this these are the conference games that actually count when it comes to your goal of getting division to division three championships yeah, absolutely. So everything before a conference starts is just about getting better, um, you know, being a, being a mental sponge and uh, getting better mentally, physically and being ready for conference and being healthy for conference. So right. that's one of our goals, too. And uh, and, and it's, gonna, it's kind of interesting. I think some of the best coaches we're going to face this entire year are in our are in our conference. Um, but, so, you know, the stronger teams are probably our non-conference games. So it's going to be a great path to make sure that we're ready for what these teams are, are going to present us, you know, and, uh, something we've talked a lot about this year is that like, you know, last year we didn't, we, 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 uh, we fell short in our conference championship game. And, um, so we feel like we have something to prove within conference this year. So we want to make sure we have, um, done everything possible to be ready, you know, and hopefully be in a position to, uh, go back out West in, in May. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're, well, let's talk about that as the next tournament approaches. But until yeah, then, absolutely. thank you. Congratulations on the weekend, and thank you very, yep. very much for your time, Mark. Awesome. Thanks, James. All right. Double team. Deflection. Ball's loose. Yaustra. Ball game. Hi, I'm U.S. Olympian Janai Kerr, and when I need to stay up to date with my water polo news in Texas, I listen to the TX Water Polo Podcast. Welcome back. Just a few more minutes here on the TX Water Polo Podcast. Uh, just finished speaking with Coach Mark Lawrence from Austin College. 
Um, results were 0-5 over the weekend. It was a tough weekend, I have to say. I was, I was watching it, and uh, it was, you know, as Mark said, they've only had four practices. And from my perception, that's sort of how it looked. Like they were, uh, they were not as organized as I'm sure they will be in the next tournament, and then as the season progresses. Well, I think last year, the, yeah, they didn't even start playing till till the end of February. Yeah. So this is a this is kind of a jump start. I mean, yeah, they may have only had four practices, but they have had five games, which is game is worth a week of practices. It is so, huge. Yeah. And um, you know, and I mean what they had what nine players total last year? And now so, they have right. And, and everybody 14 really. I mean, and then everybody uh, this year is what a sophomore and younger. Yeah. So they're still a very young team that yeah, they still have to figure it out. They still have to like, you know, it's hard to go up there and travel. And I don't think they had a three day event last year. So no. this year so this was a three-day event this year. So they went and played on Friday. They went, they played on Saturday, and then they had one more game on Sunday. You know, and I and I and I know that was a tough game on Sunday, but you know that's that's tough. You know, that second night in a hotel to get up and play, and yeah, I mean it's yeah, I mean it's a lot of a learning, and yeah. it doesn't matter if they win the games right now. It matters kind of how they do at the end of the year, and I think they're building towards their conference season. And I think they're going to be gunning for that CWPA championship, and then, and then hopefully, the uh, like 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 the Division Three national championship. So. Yeah. So the, and next up, as we said, is Monterey Bay, Sonoma, Cal State East Bay, Fresno Pacific. So there's some winnable games in there as well. Although um, Monterey Bay is a mystery; it's an unclear just how what they've got going for them. And then at the beginning at the beginning of March is when the conference play begins, and that is where they have the opportunity to really rack up some points. Monmouth, McAllister, Wittenberg, Carthage, VMI, Caltech. Yeah, I, I would I would assume that they lost a lot less than everybody else as far as seniors and juniors are concerned. <laughs> um, and uh, was it, and they gained a whole recruiting class and yeah. uh, it's, and these kids, I mean, I don't think those other teams are playing a lot right now. So, yeah. um, so they're, I think they have a step ahead on, on the other teams. And I think it's going to be, this is, it might be a little hard to take right now as far as the, like, like kind of not getting to win this past weekend. And it's going to be some tough games kind of coming up, but it's, I think in the long run, it's going to pay off. And I think Austin College is definitely headed in the right direction. I mean, hell, they got three players. Although they went 0-5, they got three players named to the all, all the CWPA uh, Division Three Rookie of the Week for Sophie Oliver. They got Lexi Wong, the co-player of the week. And their goalie was named the... Um, the defensive player of the week. Uh, so yep, outstanding defender, and we just call her Valerie at this point because even I, who have a bit of Slavic skills, can't, I, her her last name is is difficult. I'll put it that way. But um, and Lexi stood out to me. She was really good. Like they, she's a very dependable shooter, and so she scored seven against Siena. It was a it was a very good weekend for her. But uh, um, for a rookie, Sophie was also uh, she was an important part of that of, of the weekend as well. Yeah, and uh, I look I look forward to watching them or to me keep too. playing. And there, and I'm sure Mark is looking forward to getting back in the pool and practicing no a little kidding. bit. So, no kidding. I think he had 5 a.m. practice this morning or 5:30. So I, I, his conversation with me was uh, both of us were a little, a little sleepy. But um, so let's move on. So high school is coming soon, and um, very soon actually. It's almost frighteningly soon. Two and a half um, weeks is when the first tournament is. Hey, look, all you got to do is think about UIL swim championships. Are this, or, or sorry, no, not this weekend. The follow weekend following. 
And I know that the other regions of the state, aside from Central Texas or the West region, they they get started earlier. But that's that's it. Like that's sun the the Monday after the final of swim meet in at UT is when things really kick off. And then boom, you are right into competition. There's no there's no hell week. There's none of that. It's just just you're just right into competition. Yeah, I think there's some teams that are playing that that. Uh, Tuesday night, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I mean, as far as a weekday game, but the first, like, kind of, like, the first Friday, Saturday tournament is is in two and a half weeks. It's, yeah, it's, I'm excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. Me too. And we're going to have a pretty robust role in the entire thing. We have some plans. Um, and um, uh, they're, it, they're similar to what we were just talking about with the CWPA. We'll have, we'll do our very best at least to, to provide every week a player of the week or offensive player of the week, a rookie of the week and a defender of the week um, for each of the, uh, of the nine weeks that the, the season exists. So uh, pretty exciting stuff from us. And, uh, and that's going to be uh, kind of three awards for boys and three awards for girls as well. Yep. And, uh, and we're going to have a, a, a segment that's going to be dedicated to the high school to t- kind of talk about and kind of recap the games that just happened and kind of preview the games that are coming up. Because there's going to be good games every weekend in all three regions. I think a lot of teams are going to be going back and forth between regions and playing different people. Yeah. And, I mean, I think even – I mean, I know the West region has been a little bit uh, sparse as far as their their events compared to the other regions the last couple years. But I even think that there's like two or three uh, tournaments a weekend there now. Yep. And um, it's there's going to be lots of water pulled to get to talk about. So we're going to have a specific high school segment each and every week. So. And what's really important for those who are listening is that you have to get involved. So we are really looking forward to having your feedback about who is it exactly who excelled over a particular week or a particular weekend. And we'll have a form online for you to submit. Um, And then uh, Joe and I will uh, look them all over and we'll decide on who it is that earns those awards per week. Um, Also, coaches better, you know, open your email from us because we're looking for your input about um, rankings. That's my favorite part, actually. I love the ranking stuff. So we'll do a weekly poll just like they do with the CWPA, and that's a statewide um, a poll, which we can cut into the regions, but still we want to have the rankings fully done for the entire for the entire state because, as you mentioned, for me, what is the most interesting and fun part about the game is, is obviously playing um, the teams that are local to you is – interesting and fun and so on but it's really the inter-region competition that that i think is the is most exciting well it's going to be the local rivalries that yeah and yeah and then whenever you get like a foster to go over and play up at st mark's or something like that yeah. in the middle of the season it, yeah is always going to be kind of a preview for a possible state championship game and such so yeah it's yeah it's going to be a, a lot of fun so it's going to be what a what a what nine ten week season kind of and and it ends that first weekend of May um at the at the Cypher ISD Natatorium for the state championships. It's yeah it's yeah it's going to be a lot of fun and then we have some other things that we're kind of still working on kind of here and there as far as kind of during the high school season. So that's right. It's going to be here before you know it. That twenty that fall of twenty twenty one. I mean you know. I'm 52, so now these time passes quickly, but that is I I just can't wait. In fact, uh, I had a conversation with the athletic director yesterday with the sort of same message, which is uh, come on and join us. It's a UIL sport, so um, I don't think I was terribly successful, but still the message is pretty clear. 
Well, you had a meeting with a private school guy, so I did. Yeah, I did. They don't, yeah, yeah, they don't play you well. So I know, I know, but the point is that uh, you know that's theoretically going to drag along the rest of the programs that are not UIL and have some sort of result. I suspect you have something to do with that, Joe. But um, no, there's a lot of people. It takes a lot a of people. Yeah, it, it takes a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's what you call it, a village. Okay. So, but uh, what is it? Um, no, but it's no, but it's no, but it's going to be exciting. So. Yeah. All right. Did we miss anything? Because I think we're done. I think we're done. We're good. I think we're done. Thank you, Joe. We'll talk to you again in a week. All right, James. Uh, take care, and, and thanks, everybody, for listening. Absolutely. Thanks to all of you for listening, for telling a friend about the TX Water Polo podcast. Um, go to txwaterpolo.com to listen to the podcast, find us on social media, and uh, leave comments, and also for what we'll be pushing out there as far as forms for you to submit uh, players of the week and obviously social media as well. But until next week, so long from Austin. Spend it on myself and you Try